Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here, Friday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton with Withrow across the Outkick Network. That much closer to a big college football weekend, Jeff. Huge college football weekend. A little bit of a disappointing NFL weekend with some of the buys, uh, but um, could, yeah. some good games sprinkled in there nonetheless, just like every weekend. Although but, um, the NFL will have you know that it's it's never been more competitive. It's a very Hutton balanced college football top 10 I've got coming up a little bit later in the show. Today. An hour from right now. Great balance. When you look one through 10, some good parity in this list. Can't wait to reveal a little bit later in the show. It's, um, it's kind of like we've seen throughout college football. The parity this year is yeah. evident this week on Chad's top 10, which I have not seen. I'm eager to see the top five, especially. But some will, tell you, one. Some will tell you all this stuff, the worst thing to ever happen to the sport. Others will tell you it's the best thing to ever happen to the sport with transfer pool and everything else. The truth oftentimes lies somewhere in the middle. How about the, uh, the Diamondbacks in the NLCS? This Trying is to what make we it a needed. series. Yes, yes. We don't need the sweeps and the dominant. I mean, we've, we've got great play from the Phillies. I'm not trying yeah. to knock that. But I want to be invested in a moment. And Diamondbacks walk off the Phillies and show some life. In the NLCS. Meanwhile, no. the, the crowd yesterday, guns after the show was showing. I mean, he's absolutely right. Where the Phillies fans were buying up the seats. It was rough. Yeah. You Crazy. could get seats I saw for like $19 <laughs> in certain parts of the park. Um, it's the exact opposite of what takes place for in Philly. An AL, I'm sorry, NLCS game with a team that <clears throat> no one expected to even make the playoffs coming into the season. Yep. I think we get a story like that. It's not like, oh, all these complacent Diamondbacks fans with all their history of winning constantly, they just get tired of being in the playoffs, so people don't care as much and demand is down. This was a team that wasn't expected to do much of anything. They're a year, as Kurt Schilling told us, a year ahead of schedule. Kind of like the Orioles. No one's buying tickets uh, to the NLCS, which is, is shocking. Big win for Arizona, walk off variety. Getting back in the series now, 2-1. I think the Astros-Rangers, we got a series in that one now. Uh, I cannot think of a worse television matchup than the Rangers-Diamondbacks. Oh. If that's the World Series. Do you want to talk about from a just media perspective in Major League Baseball, a cataclysmic event will be the ratings for the Diamondbacks and the Rangers? I bet if you polled a lot of sports fans, they couldn't tell you which league either one of those teams are in. They might confuse it. That would be You're abysmal right. for television ratings. Game six, though, coming up between the Astros and Rangers. And, and the we, one team they're rooting for that's left thing are the Phillies yeah. in terms of a TV draw with the star power and the market and the you want Houston, fan base that's, that's yeah. hungry. Uh, I think Philly's the one that, that they, you know, television networks – would be rooting for, I don't think anybody's rooting for Diamondbacks Rangers on the TV side. Two things I'm thinking of. Uh, number one, uh, with Houston, Chad, they win again on the road, right? 
versus winning at home. They don't win at home this yep. year. It's crazy. Number two, the, the Max Scherzer decision to start him after 36 days off, that came back to, to give Houston life, ultimately, in that game. Yeah. I mean, it backfired. Yeah. Could have gone uh, the other way, but had Schilling on, and, and it did not. Like He was like, yeah, it could absolutely give Houston some, you know, a, a, a jump start. And the other thing that backfired was Creed showing up for yeah, the game. Oh, there you go. Things have gone south ever since Scott Scott Stapp. Is that his name or Scott Stamp? Scott Stapp? Stapp. When Scott Stapp showed up, things went south. So there you go. That's what you get for rocking blasphemy, Creed. Blasphemy blasting for, Creed all the time. Yeah, for uh, mentioning that to Davies. Blasphemy. Uh, he, he's hearing that now. Um, the Jaguars got up big. And they were cruising until they weren't. And... The Saints nearly came back and won the game at home, but Trevor Lawrence and company. Um, here are the Jaguars at five and two, and they continue to pile wins, even going back to last season. They've now won ten of their last twelve games. And Chad, I I said they're a dark horse number one seed this season. I think at worst they're looking at like a three seed right now, based on their roster, the rest of the AFC South, and the fact that. I mean, in the AFC, the quarterback injuries, coupled with just the, 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 like Mahomes and the Kansas City offense, not as dominant as we've seen. They win games, but I think this, this Jaguars team can go toe-to-toe with practically anyone right now. Well, Hutton, I look at them now, and the Jags are pretty much exactly where most people predicted them in the preseason to be. Yeah, they backed at it the, up. At the top of the AFC South, two losses right now at this point yep. in the season. Looking good, getting on a bit of a roll. And I see that, and I think I'm still not overly impressed with them for whatever reason. It's not like I'm seeing them thinking, man, this is a team that can really win it all. Uh, I, I think that they're I, I where we saying, expected. They, they have won, though. I yeah, mean, that's but they the continue to win. It's a, but that, that's not a bad spot to be in where no. you underwhelm, but you just become a winning franchise that always seems to find a way uh, to eke out some close games. They did so again last night after the, the Saints charged back to tie it. Saints had all sorts of problems in the red zone, punching it in, got to a fourth and goal, and they brought in the 300-pound defensive tackle to lead block on the play for Taysom Hill and finally got one in. Um, struggled for the Saints last night, but, man, Jacksonville, again, right where we expected, but still, for whatever reason, not overly impressive to me. And the decision to go with Lawrence didn't come back to bite them. He was playing on the bum knee. But I think that that's a sign of a guy trying to be the leader ascend to the next level and that's the comparison that we would make to Deshaun Watson who is saying he can't play because he doesn't want to hurt the team because his shoulder is hurt and it's a pain tolerance issue um sounds like he's going to try to give it a go on the road against Indianapolis and he should because when you compare that to what Trevor Lawrence did on a short week that speaks volumes to a locker room yeah it does no that's what look Guys on the offensive linemen, guys on an offense, they want to like the quarterback. They want to follow the quarterback. The inclination is, I want to rally behind this guy, not I, I automatically don't like this guy who's leading the way. They want to find reasons to, to get behind you and play for you. And gutting through an injury at times and showing some pain tolerance is one way to get the trust and the love of your offensive line and your teammates. Repeatedly not going out there and letting the backup play when it's a pain tolerance issue is a way to lose the trust of your offense. And I'm not saying that 
Deshaun Watson has lost the trust of his teammates or any of that. Right. But you gain some of that respect back if he had lost some by going out and playing and playing well. That's what the Browns and, and that's what Deshaun Watson needs to do more than anything else is go out and start to earn his contract that he got from Jimmy Haslam and show that he is a franchise guy, not just any franchise quarterback, the franchise quarterback. That, that's what they're paying him to be. He needs to start making progress towards that. And the last time he was on the field, he was very good. Yeah. You know, that was the last glimpse, snapshot we had of, of Watson's play. And he did it without, you know, the star running back. So yeah, he looked like he was getting Chubb. some of it back. Yeah, looked like, yes. Um, speaking of running backs, star running backs, Saquon Barkley, trade deadline is in 11 days. And his name has certainly been thrown out there among the trade rumors that could go down. Of course, he's on that one-year contract right now uh, with the New York Giants, a one-win team. And he says he doesn't want to be traded. He says he doesn't want to leave the Giants organization. Obviously, quote, Obviously, I've been vocal and public about how I feel this about this organization and where I want to be. Knowing the business and seeing that side of it, there's a lot of things I can't control. I don't think anybody in their right mind would want to get traded anywhere. It's not an easy thing to do. You've got to move. I have a family. I would love to be here. That from Saquon Barkley. I would absolutely put a call in for Saquon Barkley. Oh, I would too if I'm next, one of these next teams. Next level for a playoff contender. Yeah, I mean, he, he is a difference maker at that position. And if you don't have that at running back and running back slash playmaker, and you're a team that you think you can, can contend for a title, I'm putting in a call about Saquon Barkley. I also totally understand what he's saying. He's sure. been with that organization throughout his career so far. Even if they're losing right now, he's happy where he is. You know, he lives in a certain place. He's okay with it. Um, he got paid. As he said, no one you know, really wants to get traded. I, I would disagree. If you really don't like your organization or you want to go somewhere and contend and you're on a bad team, there are guys who do want to get traded for that reason. But I get it. If he's comfortable and likes where he is with the Giants organization now, he should want to stay. And I, I like that level of loyalty, even for a guy that's on a team with one win right now that's looked awful. So I, I respect that from Saquon Barkley. And I'm sure Giants fans do too. The opposite of Evan Neal. Right. Uh, who called them burger flippers and said they're all sheep and I'm a lion and I don't care about their opinion. Uh, one of the dumbest things we've heard this year. This is a smart move by Saquon Barkley and totally understandable. I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, the, the, the trade deadline over the last couple of years has been busy. You know, the small moves, but big moves for a piece to the puzzle, right? A, a, a chess piece for the playoffs. It doesn't always pan out, but you can also invest for the future. ESPN says in a, in a report that the Colts, the Packers, the Panthers, and Chiefs have all called about wide receivers. And pair that with the rumor mill, which is Devontae Adams could be available. Also looking at uh, underutilized players like Hunter Renfro. And consider, like, I would throw DeAndre Hopkins into that Yeah, that's what that I would mix. absolutely throw in. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Uh, but Hopkins is intriguing because... The Titans, Chad, you mentioned it yesterday, among the most boring to watch this season. And he's the lone receiver that puts up anything. But he wanted to go to a playoff contender. He wanted to win. He's not winning. And a team could get him now on a contract that is voidable. You can bounce after this season and have relatively no, no penalty. There will be a, a, a small cap issue, but not much. Or you could re-sign him and restructure 
and save the cap space there on the dead money. And Hopkins can be very good because he's been good and he's lived up to expectation with the Titans this year. Just not finding the end zone. Uh, it's a guy who's found the end zone over the course of his career. The entire offense is. He's yet to find the end zone as a Titan. So that's they been love disappointing. 16 points a game, Chad. Right. That's been disappointing. But, every, I mean, yeah, he's been good. Yep. He's been steady, just no touchdowns. Um, I, I think he's maybe the most intriguing one in terms of veteran receiver option you could trade for for a contending team right now. And I, I'll ask this of the Titans. Who are the Titans better than in the AFC right now? New England? I would say yes. It's hard to say right I now. I mean, it's they're, they are one in, of, they're one of the three worst teams in the AFC just by what we've seen so far. Yes. So uh, you're a seller. I, I don't see any other way around it. I mean, you you got to start. you got a quarterback who's got a similar ankle injury to a year ago that derailed your season. Even when he's playing, you're not and scoring it was inevitable enough points. Get hurt. Your offensive line is bad. Awful. Your defense has been disappointing. Yes. That should be your strength, your defensive line. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is good at starting fights and getting penalties. I don't know that he's an elite player at his position right now. Kevin Byard's been a disappointment since you asked him to take a pay cut this offseason. I mean, if you're not selling now, when would be my question for the Tennessee Titans. I, I, don't, I don't get it if they're not active at the trade deadline trying to get rid of some guys and start to build for the future. And part of that building for the future, seeing what you have with Will Levis. Yes. Even behind a bad offensive line. So, Titans, uh, to me, are not in a very confusing spot right now. It's pretty simple. Trade, away assets, see what you have in Will Levis, and see if you can competitively rebuild this team th- back quickly to where you're not out of contention in the AFC South for very long. That, that would be the goal if I'm the Titans. And I, I think it's Vrabel that makes the call. I do. Now, um, Amy Adams struck the owner could have the fire cell. And she yeah. fired John Robinson in early December last year, and that was essentially waving the white flag on the season and playoff hopes. That was the message of the locker room. If she wants to do that fire cell, she could, but you're not going to get much in return. Like, there's this idea that all their players are going to have like a second-round return, and there's, they're just not going to get that. And the question is, what do they want in return for a guy like Henry or Hopkins? Yeah. Or, and if, if they want to trade, you also have to have a team, especially with Henry, that wants to invest in the running back position at high dollar. And that's tough to find. So he may or just be least, a free agent. at least at a, a rental you know, type situation. You know, Detroit comes to mind on that. Yeah. With Montgomery injured, right? And he Man, was what vital. Is, what does that do to Detroit's offense, too? The and they were very good running the football. Yeah, yeah. Chad, Art, Art Bryles, uh, a judge dismissed the Title IX suit against the ex-Baylor head coach um, in uh, that testimony where he uh, spoke about this and he said that he was a scapegoat uh, for Baylor, um, said he did not uh, know of allegations in 2014, um, and he testified yesterday, I believe, about the domestic violence allegations there. Now, I mean, this has been, what, seven years going back and forth? Yeah. It, a judge dismissed it. I mean, how many jobs has he gotten where he takes a job and then uh, right when people find out about it, uh, there's calls for his head? So there's high school. And everyone else. And then he has to lose the job. There was um, working for Hugh Jackson. Yes. Right, wherever he yes. was, too. Uh, was it Grambling? 
Uh, yeah, Grambling. Yeah, Grambling. At Grambling, he got a job there at one point, and they had to call for that. He's and showing up on the Oklahoma sideline. Showing the Oklahoma sideline, and guess what his son-in-law said? Yeah, he's you know, the grand, grandfather to my kid. So that's where he was, and that's where he'll continue to be. Um, it's so hard in today's day and age to understand when someone who's been canceled can come back. And that's where our Bryles is. His name is Poison in college sports right now. And I don't know that that's altogether fair based on what this judge is saying and everything else. And I don't know if there's a level or amount of years that he can sit out and then come back and eventually, you know, he's paid his dues or he served his time to come back. I don't know. But it's a fascinating case study to see if someone can be uncancelable, canceled and then come back in college sports with these type of allegations that at least one judge is saying there's no merits or grounds to him being liable for any of this that happened at Baylor. So does that change the outlook for him moving forward? I doubt it, unfortunately, for Art Bryles. Judge Robert Pittman said that no jury could reasonably conclude that the defendants were grossly negligent based on the evidence presented at trial. Coming up, dumpster fire of the week. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Pop Mike with Hunt and Withrow on this Friday edition. Coming up in 20 minutes, Kelly in Vegas joins oh, us. Oh, yes. We've Kelly's got, our, got some picks for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, plenty of college football winners. And she gives us the parlay of the week, too, reluctantly. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, hates, she hates to do it. We're the suckers that she, love it. Uh, I love every week when we get Kelly's picks. Of her games, she always has like a like a crying or vomit emoji <laughs> next to one of the picks, she and you know it. that's the one she's most reluctant to say on air, and that she feels the worst about. Um, we, we can just let everybody guess which one it is this week. Yeah. Hutton and I know which one. Maybe we'll reveal afterward which one gets the crying slash vomit emoji from Kelly. Check out the fade with Kelly in Vegas and Clay Travis. It's right now at Outkick.com. Chad, um, so. NFL Plus, which the league would love to find a media partner to pair with 
their online presence, their streaming presence. They've done a really nice job of pairing. You've got the, the on game day access through NFL Plus to all the games and with Red Zone. And on top of that, they're going to start adding some alternate broadcasts uh, and game broadcasts that will include more analytics, advanced metrics, stats. I, I assume this will look very similar where like the, the national championship game, you can go to like ESPNU, for instance, and see more of the stats and probabilities for that one game. They're just rolling it out where it looks more like a Madden game with how the players are highlighted and probability of run pass versus matchups on formations. It's, in, it's very intriguing. And you would know, I mean, there's no telling how long teams have had this type of thing. Like probability of all of the yeah, numbers that go behind it and, and see it this way. Apple's already been doing this with baseball. I, I like the Apple Friday night MLB games, and they always – it's a running tally of yes, yep. uh, home run percentage, 8% chance, uh, walk percentage, 72%. Based on the pitch count, if it's 0-2, 71% chance of a strikeout, it constantly changes. What Whatever algorithm is going on, whatever metric is, they give you the percentage chance – of a likely outcome for the batter throughout the games on, on Apple TV, which is pretty cool, and it doesn't really distract from it at all. You know, when the pitch ca- uh, clock came in, early in the year I was watching that pitch clock uh, over and over again to get used to it, and then after a month I forgot about it because everyone was just playing within the pitch clock. You don't even think about it anymore when you're watching yeah. a baseball game. I think some advancements like this to football television, eventually like everything else, like the first down line, being visible in a game, you forget about it. It's just been there for so long that, you know, you, you don't see it or you don't uh, – it, 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 this is going to be, become so commonplace is my point that I think yeah. ev- eventually everyone is going to adopt some level of this. I think some of it's overkill. I think some of it's pretty cool. I don't know that I need a cryon over the head of every player on offense with their stats while they're moving around and playing the game at all times. Yeah, I mean... I, I pay for NFL Plus for one thing, Red Zone. Yeah. Th- that's all I watch on it. That's all I've used it for since buying a subscription to it. I don't know that I need this from NFL Plus, but I do think it's a worthwhile experiment to show some of this. And I, I love NFL Plus because you can go back and watch condensed games from the previous week, and you could go back even several years, like 2012, I think you can go back to. And watch, Can I do watch that games. with a basic subscription? I don't know. I don't know. Mine just rolls over, and it's like having a Netflix account. I mean, they, I'm they paying the like I, yeah. eight or Probably. nine bucks a month, ten bucks, Probably, whatever it yeah. is, for NFL Plus. Yeah, and you can watch a game in 20 minutes. I'm trying to do it just through football season to watch uh, Red Zone, but we'll see if that works. I mean, I, I kind of like see if this I concept. To unsubscribe. At some point, though, there's just too much stuff on the screen, and I may sound old saying that, but, like, I just want ball. I don't need, like, at some point, there's more things on the screen that I'm watching instead of the game. Yeah, and if I flip over and see that, like, do I do I? It's a you know, Romo would do this. He's going to tell you what's coming based on what he hears in the cadence and what the quarterback is saying. And fans hated that, but clearly there's an audience for this. Yeah, if you're going to tune in and see the probability of who the ball's going to down in distance and what the quarterback would likely audible to in the moment, I'm I'm fascinated by this because if they're doing if they're rolling this out now, you know. The analytical, the, the executives 
have passed on this t technology to the analytical department for NFL teams behind the scenes, right? That's yeah. how, I mean, coaches would be watching this to prepare for game plans, I would presume. Oh, more, more than watching uh, or trying to decipher a play sheet from Sean Payton that yeah, they see on Thursday Night Football. There's a great line in the movie Cape Fear, uh, an all-time classic, where Robert De Niro is the bad guy. He's getting out of prison. And uh, Nick Nolte's looking at him through the, the, the one-way glass where he can't look out. And he takes his shirt off, and he's got just, like, Bible, uh, <laughs> biblical passages written all over his body. And he says, I don't know whether to look at him or read him when he's looking at him. That's the way I feel about a television screen when a football game's on at times. If you put too much on there, I don't, I don't know whether to look at this or read it as the game is going on. I, I'm with you, Hutton. Just show us football. Just put, put the game on there. Do a really good job producing the games and show us the action and show us the replay and give us as many angles as possible of what's happening with timely replays. I, and this is going to make me sound really old. Hmm. I don't even like when they go to the split screen to do something. There are times now where if a team's playing fast on offense, they'll have to go to like a, a, a pip, picture in picture, and show you one thing or a replay while showing the live action that's happening in another screen. Don't, don't go away from the live action. Above you. all else, don't go away from the live action. Give us the football. That's what we want. How much of the Manning cast have you watched this year? That's all I watch on Monday Night Football. Monday Night? I, it's literally, I, I, I am probably, I know the rating show that I'm in the minority here. I prefer to watch Peyton and Eli talk about the game while watching Monday yeah. Night Football. Uh, when I've got no dog in the hunt watching the game other than I love football, I'd rather watch them talk about it and, and discuss it and watch the game that way than watch the actual broadcast. I mean, I, that's how I watched Jets-Bills early yeah. in the season. Now, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do it more than just that. That's a spe I'm watching a lot of football over the weekend. Yeah, just I, that I don't one. know that I'd want to do another game that way or want a, a traditional broadcast to go that way. But for the one-off, when they do it, which isn't every week, by the way, I think that makes it even better that it's not every week. When they're doing the, the Manning cast, I'm watching Monday Night Football that way. That I love, is my option every I time. I love how Peyton and Eli are self-aware enough. They either admit, that, and they know what they don't know about the show, right, and what they should or should not be doing. But the knowing that less guests was more. Yeah. And the conversation between the two, they've reduced it. But they have the guests on longer, which is good. Yes, uh, two guests now per broadcast instead of three. And it just allows more conversation about the game between the two brothers instead of having the guest on and having to work the guest into the conversation and the overlap. I, it's a no-brainer, but it's a slight adjustment that they clearly discussed and wanted to improve because it's more of Eli ripping on Peyton than having to work in, and I, I like the chat with, like Tracy Morgan, but having to work in Tracy Morgan in the middle of the third quarter. You yeah. Know? They, so the guests that I've, I remember seeing so far this year, uh, Will Farrell was really good uh, with the Seahawks game and his relationship with Pete Carroll and talking about that. Jimmy Kimmel was funny when he was on. Uh, that was the Raiders Packers uh, because he's from Vegas. That was their game. The, um, you hit on something, Hudden. The Mannings have mastered the self-deprecating humor. Yeah. About each other. They will go after each other, and, and then they'll make fun of themselves also. And when they get made fun of, they handle it so well and just lean into the joke. They are masters of that comedically. I've heard multiple people in interviews talk about Peyton Manning hosting SNL and cast members saying, this dude could have been a comedian. Said his comedic timing was as good as almost anyone that had done the show. They were blown away that he was that good at quarterback and that good at comedy. 
and was so prepared on that show. I feel the same way about Eli. Yes. Eli may be even naturally a little bit funnier than Peyton at times because Peyton's a little more high-strung and into it than Eli. Eli's got this aw shucks, doesn't really care about anything type mentality about him. I, I love the show. I love it when those guys have the celebrities on. I love how they have prepared notes, you can tell, yes. that they go to with the celebrity to tee them up for a funny story. And you can tell when, okay, so Eli, cue card number three, and he kind of goes to it, but it's in a way that doesn't feel fake as they're doing the broadcast. It, it's really well done. I, I love it every week. And I do think less is more when it comes to guests. I think two good guests that they have a prior relationship with or know how it's going to flow better than forcing a third guest in. Chad, we welcome in uh, Davey Hudson in studio as it is time for the dumpster fire of the week. Special time of the week. Oh, I guess this is the point where I talk. All right. Let's see here, guys. Every week we do this. Yet I'm caught a little off guard, but that's because I'm really digging into my dumpster fire. But Hut, I will let you start as that one entity, that one organization that has just had an awful week. I mean, this well, is some real research done by Davey. He's digging into the dumpster fire even yes. more over here. So, uh, for me, it's NFL offense in general, but I'm pinpointing an area that we haven't talked about enough, and it's penalties. In the Cleveland-San Fran game, 25 penalties, and a handful of them were egregious calls, awful calls. And refs now are... are it's like they were told to pick up the pace on penalties. It's ridiculous. It's out of end. Another game this past weekend, 20 combined penalties. That's trending up and scoring trending down. I, I think a memo will be sent out eventually that will have the flags kept in the pocket in many cases. And fans are going to end up pissed off whenever what we've seen early in the season isn't called late in the season. And I won't be. I won't be upset with it because it is a drag of some of these games now where offenses are barely scoring 20 points, first to 20, which is ridiculous. So uh, yeah, that's funny. The memo is going to be, stop playing such good defense. We need to score more points. 25 penalties. Guys, defensive coordinators, you're doing your job too well. We need a couple to of weeks ago, they, I forget the, the official, uh, the, the main ref, but their crew called the most holding penalties in the NFL. And it wasn't just offensive line. But sure enough, within the first quarter, there were like four holding penalties. That's what they specialize on. That's got to get out. We're the crew that calls all the holding penalties. Yeah. Um, Stupid. My dumpster fire of the week. I, I think this team that I'm going to pinpoint here is actually not bad. In fact, they're one of the best passing offenses in all of college football. And Spencer Rattler's having a good year. But it's South Carolina football. You cannot blow a 10-point lead at home to Florida the way that game was going in the last four minutes of the game, three minutes really, the way South Carolina did. Shane Beamer can't be kicking things and breaking his foot uh, in anger on the sideline either. That, that does, is not a good look. It's also not a good look when you go through this filibuster, long, rambling opening statement post-game and just blame your players for everything. You know, he's going through every example. Well, we called this pressure on this play, and they didn't do it. We called this play on that one, and someone decided to go the wrong direction. We did this, and, you know, on this play, we called this. And it, to sum it up, it was essentially Shane Beamer saying, 
look at all these great decisions I made with my staff and look at all these idiots that failed to run it properly during the game. Coaches believe that at times. I fully understand that frustration if that's, in fact, what's going on, especially in college football. I just don't think you can go and say that. And I like honesty and all of that. But Shane Beamer let his frustration, I think, get the best of him in that one. Um, South Carolina fans are not liking the way this season is going. At least for one week, that was a dumpster fire. The way they blew that lead, the way they handled the loss, dumpster fire. Chance of redemption, possibly one of my top ten games when they go to Columbia, Missouri this week. But that's a team they've lost to the last two years. So dumpster fire of the week, Gamecock football. I agree with you, Chad. Anytime you break a bone of your own doing, frustration's getting the best of you. It's typically so, the case. So from a guy who has punched basketball floors in the past and uh, come close to broke, breaking fingers, I can tell you it's not the way to go. Guys, my dumpster fire of the week has to do with the NFL and their quarterback problem. And while we're used to seeing bad quarterback play at times, and the NFL, I mean, it's, it's, they always say it's hard to find 32 starting quarterbacks it's, it's even harder to find an upper half of the league that you know is a franchise quarterback. But my big thing right now is just the injuries that are taking the product and making it worse. Hutt talked about how the defenses are absolutely owning it this year. They are doing so much better than the offenses whenever you look at the numbers from years past. And so taking in Last week's games, some of these injuries are going into this week. Thankfully, we have some buys, so we might get some of these quarterbacks back. But we know Jimmy G is not going to be out there. We know Justin Fields is doubtful. Ryan Tannehill, I anticipate he misses a lot of time. Anthony Richardson, we just announced he, or he just announced he's going to be having the season-ending surgery. Deshaun Watson, that's a little bit of another story. Even though he is technically injured, we've been down that road. Daniel Jones missed last Monday night because of a neck injury. His status still up in the air. All these quarterbacks, we don't know if we're going to see them play, and the backups are not any good, and it just makes for a bad product. And therefore, the NFL and their quarterback problem is my dumpster fire of the week. It is a huge issue. You nailed it, Davey. That's the biggest issue for the NFL are when those quarterbacks are out. 186 games played and just 245 passing touchdowns so far, down 25% from last year. Kelly in Vegas is next on Hot Mike. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Chad, it is that time oh, of yes, the week. Oh, yes, it is, Hutton. Hot we Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Kelly in Vegas joins us, co-host of The Fade. Her and Clay Travis crushing it. All advice that we should be taking to heart. We should. We should just play all of that. What do you think? I, I like just playing what Kelly tells us to because yeah. it... She you, wishes we did. Hutton, you know, there are times where I don't like to think... And this makes me think less <laughs> if I just play her bets. That way I don't have to think about anything. And that's a win-win for everyone involved. Kelly, happy Friday to you. How are you? Hey, happy Friday. You know, you mentioned the fade, and this is only uh, Clay and I's third week. And 
you know, I wasn't doing that hot to start the season, started doing a show with Clay Travis and all of a sudden I'm winning. You love to see it. So it has been good. It has been profitable last week, uh, almost a near perfect week in college uh, football, couple of stinkers late from Hawaii and uh, South Carolina, but we're hoping to bounce back uh, at least from a regression standpoint and get some bounces to go our way this week. How have Clay's blood bank guarantees gone since you've been hosting the show with him? He is 2-0, of course. Okay, good. That's of course good. he is. Yeah. Kelly, uh, I, we're not two in anything uh, no. in regards to our pitch for you where you have to play the best of an awful situation on either side here. But uh, we give you uh, a pitch each, and we find out which one you hate the most. Chad, do you want to go first or me? Yeah, I'll start. Um, Minnesota and Iowa, the over-under uh-huh. is 30 and a half. <laughs> okay. Now, two years ago, this was a 13-10 to 10 game, and, and uh, Iowa won that one. Iowa won last year, and the score was 27-22. I think we kind of meet in the middle on this one. I just have a real hard time, even with Iowa's offense as bad as it is and their defense as good as it's been, playing an under of 30.5. <laughs> and I'm morbidly curious about this game because the under is so low. I'm going over. I think this game goes slightly over in this game. That is just, even for this game, that's far too few points for me. I'm going over 30 and a half, Minnesota, Iowa. Hutton? Kelly, what's the current uh, spread right now with Utah and USC? Do you know? Last I saw was seven. Let me pull up the odd screen real quick. I just want to get this right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking Utah straight up on the road. I can tell you what it is on, on my board. Go ahead. USC minus seven. Yeah, I'm, minus I, seven. Money line is, uh, ooh. I'm taking ooh. Uh, Utah straight up. How about them nails, bro, part two? Because not only did Caleb Williams paint the nails for Notre Dame, FND, he did it for Utah as well in the Pac-12 championship. The Utes, straight up on the road. Take down Caleb Williams and USC. Um, and there's more drama after the game. What do you think? There's always drama with the USC with Trojans. Caleb Williams, too, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, can you imagine? Don't you want to fade a guy who thinks he deserves some part of uh, ownership in an <laughs> sure. NFL team? Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen much from you this season. Last year, you put on a nice campaign and still didn't get to make the CFP. I'd like to address Chad's um, contrarian play first. Okay. okay. Now, last night, I tweeted out uh, the the total in the Thursday night game. I said, gosh, you know, I'd really just love to take this over, right? It just was screaming to me. And uh, we'd seen the Saints score 12 or hit the under 12 straight times. And mm. I just couldn't step in front of that freight train. And this is another freight train I can't step in front of. And while, God, Chad might be right here. We could see this be 21-20, and we'd all be shocked. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I just don't think it's going to be, right? Like, we have seen this Minnesota offense. If you guys remember, I took them against North Carolina. Their defense came to play. Offensively, they were beyond inept. And now they're facing the best defense in the Big Ten. You have two quarterbacks who are going to throw for what? A combined 150 yards? <laughs> if we're Maybe. lucky. If Maybe. we're lucky, I need a defensive score in this game to hit the over, I think. You definitely One of the do. defenses and they needs it. a score. 
Yeah. There was a defensive score last night. I saw some uh, people crying and that that's why the over hit. Nah, that over was trending the entire way. Trust me, I was paying attention because I was kicking myself the entire time. And when this game is 3-3 at halftime, I'm going to be kicking myself for not taking the under in this one. Uh, but, Chad, I admire you for going against the grain. Thank I you, don't Kelly. hate it. I don't hate it. It's one of the lowest college football totals we've ever seen since they started keeping track. And, unfortunately, because I do agree with Hutton, uh, I got to take Hutton here. And can Utah beat Southern Cal? Absolutely. Here's my problem. All year long, we've been hearing it's going to be Cam Rising. It's going to be Cam Rising. Right. It's going to be Cam Rising. Well, where the heck is Cam Rising? I would love to take Utah here in this spot. I think it's Hutton, I, and my buddy Chris. I think we're the only three people in the world that think that Utah can win this game. And I still did not put them in my underdog parlay because the Trojans looked so poor last weekend. I never like to bet on a team that looks really good. And I don't like to bet against a team that looks really poor. Uh, Caleb Williams, three interceptions made that Notre Dame win really easy for me. Like almost too easy. And they probably should have lost the game the week prior to Arizona State, where he also looked absolutely and utter abysmal. Now, look, I'd like to think this Utes defense is going to show up. I If this game was in Salt Lake City and it was Utah minus three, I would be all over it. Now, Southern Cal doesn't have that big home field advantage. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is how poorly the Utes have played on the road this season. And frankly, historically, they just haven't done that well. That is my, my problem. Seeing them going to the Coliseum and getting the outright win is just not in my forte. So I do like Utah to cover. I think six, seven, six and a half, wherever it ends up closing is too many points. I could see this being we're being honest, last minute field goal game. How about them nails, bro? So she, you're going Hutton, but not for the outright win. You're going Hutton, yeah. Utah yeah, to cover, I, not outright win. I think Utah gets the cover here. Yeah. Uh, offensively, we're going to need to see a little bit more. Look, we just like I said last week with Notre Dame, we don't want to get into a shootout with USC. That is for sure. Kelly, sell us on Mississippi State this week as one of your plays. Well, that's a really hard sell. I, I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody try to sell you something hey, you really I, didn't want? You're you're a good salesman, so here we go. Here's your best opportunity yet. Sell the public on Mississippi State. Let's go. Drum roll, please. It has been a uh, real, real tough stretch here for the Arkansas Razorbacks. And I'm not saying Mississippi State has been anything to write home about, but Arkansas has dropped five straight since that loss to BYU that I'm still kicking myself over. And then you've got a Mississippi State team who played Western Michigan and then got a bye week. So they have had two weeks to regroup, if you will. And I started looking at this at first, and I had some other people in my ear say, hey, have you, have you looked at the Bulldogs? And I'm going, golly, do I really want to bet this team? Well, I didn't get a chance to watch that Alabama-Arkansas game last week. I just saw the final score. Well, when I started digging a little deeper into it, that was a pretty misleading final score. It was 24-6 before Bama had just kind of decided they had had enough and we're no longer going to play defense. And then you've got LSU, A&M, Ole Miss. I think the Hogs are out of gas here. It has been a really tough stretch for this team. Mississippi State, again, fresh legs. I expect them to be able to go in here and possibly get something done. Arkansas, when you have teams that have yet to play their bye week, it's really, really tough to get behind them this eighth straight week. And we'll get into that with another game here in a minute. Colorado State, you like the Rams on the road 
against UNLV. I haven't even thought about Colorado State since that game against Colorado. So I'm, I'm glad we get to finally talk about the Rams again, Kelly. What do you mean? We talked about them last week. They were down yeah. double digits well, you, and got the outright you, win You thought us. about them. You thought about them. See, oh. I made the mistake of not playing that game last week, so I haven't thought about them <laughs> since that, that game against Colorado. I'm thinking about them now, though. Yeah, look, I know they're going to make the card again, and normally this is not where I'd be thinking about them. If you guys watched that game, they were down – Almost, well, two scores, technically three. Uh, late, Hail Mary, win it. Normally, that is not a team I want to back for a second week in a row. But let's talk about what we've seen from UNLV. Four straight weeks, 40-plus points a game. That I lived in Las Vegas for 15 years. I never saw this team sniff 40. <laughs> well, this team's been a lot better now that they get to play in Allegiant Stadium. They get a lot more fans, and it's a lot more fun. But those 40-plus points came to UTEP, Hawaii, Vanderbilt, and in-state rival Nevada. Speaking of Nevada, that win meant a lot to the Rebels. A lot of people don't quite realize the hatred that runs really deep there in the Silver State. And next week, who do they play? Fresno State. Well, Fresno State is not number one. They are sitting in the second spot tied there in the Mountain West. I think this is a quite one of those like letdown spots if you will I won't call it a look ahead because I don't know if they're looking ahead to Fresno but kind of a flat spot Rams just three and three UNLV nipping at the heels trying to get to a bowl game six straight covers I think you got to give me the team here with the better resume I, I like Colorado State plus eight and I think they can win this game in Las Vegas another team Kelly is backing is a program that Chad just called the dumpster fire of the week. This is my dumpster fire of the week. South Carolina, Shane Beamer breaking his foot, uh, rolling up, blaming all the players for their problems after the game, not taking any <laughs> responsibility for blowing that 10-point lead at home against Florida where they had it. But, Kelly, you're rolling with the Gamecocks? I tried with every part of my being not to take this team. Came out six and a half. I knew some really respected people that bet Mizzou, and I started looking into it, and I had a couple people in my ear, and I said, God, I can't do this. I can't take this team. I watched them blow that 10-point lead. How many fourth-down conversions did they give up with less than 10 minutes to go? And here we are. Look, another team that has yet to have a bye week. Eighth straight game. Gamecocks. You look at the resume here. I'm not saying Mizzou's has been easy. They played K-State, Memphis, LSU, and Kentucky. But the Gamecocks have had a top 15 schedule, most notably Georgia helps uh, keep that one a little top heavy there, Tennessee, and then of course Florida with the uh, the the man of the year, Graham Mertz. I can't believe I got beat I... by Graham Mertz uh, <laughs> at home. But that being said, one of the things that I like to look at is when a team goes from the Hunter, which if you remember, LSU underdogs, K-State underdogs, Kentucky underdogs, Memphis just short road favorites. Now they are the hunted. They have the arrow on their back. This total is really high. I think a lot of people are expecting a shootout. I'm not taking any, uh, how about this? I don't think Spencer Rattler deserves any disdain for last weekend. So maybe while Shane Beamer didn't want to take any credit for that loss, we can put it on the defense. I think this is going to be a team, whoever scores last wins, but you're giving me over a touchdown here with a team on a really buy low spot. I got to do it. Let's go rapid fire at about a minute and a half left here, uh, Kelly. You uh, like in the Big Ten, Minnesota, and then Oklahoma State this week. Not the over, but she likes Minnesota. Yeah, you got, you got to like Minnesota here, right? Why not? 
it's just an ugly, disgusting points at a premium game. As you mentioned, last two games have been within a touchdown. We're sitting here at three. So I would have liked to got three and a half here earlier in the week, but I, I really have to think we've got two abysmal offenses, a really good defense. Something wonky is going to happen here. Missed field goal, blocked punt. We quite haven't figured that out yet, but I would not be surprised to see P.J. Fleck, his, uh, his team on the road when facing greater than 750 teams. Guess what? Six and oh. So we'll keep an eye on him here and see if he can't spring an upset in Iowa. Finally, uh, your favorite spread in the NFL and how are you playing it? Ooh, my favorite spread in the NFL is really gross and nobody's going to like it. And I'm sorry for this, but this is what's been working because the NFL has been kind of off for me this year. Last week, I bet against the Cardinals. Why? I said Gannon, who was the former defensive coordinator for the Eagles, looked really good when he played those first three NFC East teams. Yep. And now they haven't looked good, right? In the division to the Niners, to the Rams. Now they're going on another road trip up to Seattle where they pump in all that fake noise. Seattle coming <laughs> off a loss. Look, while Geno Smith is sometimes tough to stomach, I think Seattle in a teaser. Seattle in your survivor pools and Seattle minus seven and a half should be your best bet this week in the NFL. It's a get right game. It's a get, it's right, get right week game. Bounce back. It's a week. Get right week for us. Kelly in Vegas. Uh, check out the fade with her and Clay Travis at outkick.com. Always uh, delivers. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. Hey, can't wait to see you guys next week. I yes. can't wait to figure yes. out what uh, my costume is going to be. Nashville welcomes you for sure. Yeah. Thank well, you, Kelly. Maybe we'll unveil the costumes next week on yeah. a visit. You can wear them on Ooh. air. Yeah. Well, no. I like that idea. Except mine is a two-person costume, so we might okay. be not, uh. Coming up, Chad Withrow's top what? ten Hunt, games Hunt of the college football weekend. Hunt and I have a two-person costume, too, so we can, we can match. Thank you, Perfect. Kelly.